Mr. Wheel, uh, if you'll just stay up here, and uh, Miss Amanda, and I'm going to ask my wife to come up. Uh, Amanda and my wife, they're going to be elves today for me. Um, I got them, got, got them up here doing, doing some work for me, so I'm going to put them to work. Um, but at this time, I would like for, if there's any little kiddos, any kids, I don't care how old you are, come up, and I'm going to ask you to just kind of gather right around up here for me. And yeah, parents, if you need to come up with them and sit with them, that is, you are totally fine. So, yeah. I told him, I said, Marcus, I want you up here laying on your belly like this. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, youth, the youth are still our kids, right? So, um, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and, and Kyla, you're welcome to come too, hon. So he's like, I don't know. But um, uh, so, so here's the thing. Um, so today is a very special day, right? Today is Christmas Eve. And so what I wanted to do was to bring our kiddos up, and I wanted to share with you all the story of Christmas, right? And I know that Miss Amanda kind of shared with some of you guys about uh, the story of Christmas when, in Sunday school. Um, but I want us to just kind of listen to this together. And, and here's the awesome part is it's not even just for you, but all the adults get to listen to it too. So, um, and then once we get finished with this, I have a little something for you guys that my little elf helpers are going to help me with, and then, uh, and then we will continue on with, uh, with our service. But here's the thing, talking about the birth of Jesus, so in Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus is described for us. And so it all starts out uh, like this. It says, in those days there was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus, that, that all the world should be registered. Now, that means that, that everybody had to go and basically sign in a book because the, all the rulers, the kings and everybody, they were all like, we want to know who's here, okay? So, it says, this was the first registration when, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and they all had to go out and be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, who knows who Joseph is? Who is Joseph? Who's Joseph? Yes, yeah, so it was Jesus' adoptive father, right? So that's who Joseph is. Joseph is, he's betrothed to Mary. So it says, Joseph, he went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, uh, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Just exactly like, so you would almost pretend you're at Bethlehem today. So we're all at Bethlehem, but get registered. So, um, and so he went up to the town of Bethlehem because he was the house and the lineage of David. It says, and when and he was there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, which means they were engaged, okay? So, like, my daughter is engaged, right? So, that, back in this time, she would be considered betrothed, okay? And so, she was betrothed, and, and get this, she was also with child. She was pregnant. And it says that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger. Why did she lay him in a manger? Anybody? Who knows why she was laid in a manger? Marcus, do you know why she was laid in a manger? Oh, Marcus says he don't know. Does somebody else know? There was no room in the inn. Now get this. The inn wasn't like a hotel that you go check into, right? Like Joseph didn't walk up, and he didn't like, ding, 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 hello, can I get someone to come and carry my bags? Like, he wasn't all like that, okay? He went 
and said, was like banging on doors, like, hey, I'm the, I got my wife, she's pregnant, she was with a child, I need somewhere to stay, and they were like, sorry about your luck, man, we're all fooled up, and so he had to go, and he had to find a place to stay, and so he's looking around, and finally this guy came out, and he was like, listen, all I got is where I keep my animals, and if you want to go stay there, you're welcome to go stay there, but it's not going to be clean, it's not going to be pretty, as a matter of fact, as you can see, there's this there's this thing here that, that like, it's similar to something like Mary would have put Jesus in. And guess what it's filled with? Is it a nice comfy bed? Nope. It's filled up with hay. So, so Jesus didn't even get to sleep on a nice little Serta bed, right? He didn't have the, the air mattress where he got to set his number, right? He had to lay in hay, you know? So, so there they are. They're, they're there at the end. She gives birth. They wrap him up in clothes. They put him into the manger, and then get this, here's something really awesome that happened. It says, in the same region, so in that same area, there were shepherds in the fields. And they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. The shepherds, remember, they got tons of sheep, right? So they were keeping, flock over their, over their, uh, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord began to shine around them. And they were filled, they were filled with great fear. Now, I want you to imagine, you're standing out in the middle of a field, it's pitch dark outside. All you got is your lambs out there, right? <laughs> right? That's all you're hearing. And all of a sudden, a great big light comes up. And it's shining everywhere. And all of a sudden, you can see, and there's like this angel of the Lord. And they're like, they were filled with fear. Like, what do you think you would be filled with fear? If you had like this great big giant light, and angel of the Lord's like, oh, like this, right? But get this. Here's what it said. The angel of the Lord said, fear not. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day a Savior, uh, and for you unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign for you, uh, that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It says, and then suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and they were saying, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among all those whom he is pleased. So get this, there's the angel, and the angel's like, fear not. Does that sound like something you'd be like, okay, I'm not scared anymore? No, like I'd be terrified still, like I hear you, angel, like, but I'm terrified, right? Because he's like, fear not, I come with great news, and no, he probably didn't do it that way. But then when he gave the good news, all of a sudden, there was this, like, heavenly choir that came out, right? And they were all like, hallelujah, right? And, and they were just singing at the top of their lungs, much like we try to do when we're up here singing. So when we were up there, and they're all like, glory to God in the highest and on peace among those with whom he is pleased, right? And then it says that the angels then went away. They uh, went away from them. They went back into heaven. The shepherds um, said to one another, they were like, we got to go see this thing. We got to go. We can't stick around here. I know we got the flocks. The flocks will be fine. These angels said, fear not. We are going to go. So they went over to Bethlehem to see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had made known to them. And then they go without haste, it says. You know what that means? It means that they went quick. That's all that means. It says, go with haste. When you go home, I want you to tell your parents, say, I cleaned up my room with haste. Okay? They're going to know what you're talking about, I promise. So then, it says that, that then they get over to where uh, Mary and Joseph were, and they find, guess what? What did they find? A baby lying in a manger. What was he wrapped in? Swaddling clothes. And when they saw the baby, 
It says that they made known the saying that had been made known to them, what the angels had said. And then all the people who heard it, and, and, and they all wondered what, what the shepherds were telling them. It says, but get this, it says Mary. Now, who's Mary? Mary is the, she's the mother of Jesus up top, brother. That's what I'm talking about. So that's the mother of Jesus. It says when, when Mary thought about these things, it says she treasured up all these things in her heart, and she pondered everything. Because the Lord had actually spoken to her even. The Lord said, hey, you're going to have a baby. And she was like, how can I have a baby? I'm not even married yet. And the Holy Spirit said, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. And next thing you know, she's like, boom, she's pregnant. She got a baby coming. And then the next thing, you know, you have to ask your parents about the rest of that. So then the, uh, the but then it says that, that, you know, so there she is. She's treasuring up all these things in her heart. She's pondering everything. It just means that she's thinking about it really, really hard. And, uh, and then the shepherds, they all returned. And get this, when they returned back home, they're all like, hallelujah. Right? They're skipping along, and they are singing, and they're dancing, and they're glorifying, and they're praising God all the way. And they had, it's telling everybody everything that they had heard. And it says that, that when they got there, they just couldn't contain their excitement. Like, they just had to tell everybody about this great and amazing news. So, when, so if you take a look up here, is the baby here? There's no baby in there, is there? How come the baby's not here? We're celebrating Jesus today, right? How come the baby's not here? Why? How come? Well, he did die on the cross. That is awesome, too. So that's good thinking. But today, is today Christmas? Today the 25th? Uh-oh. He's actually not born till tomorrow. So I guess next week we might have a baby in here, potentially. But we don't have the baby today because we're celebrating a day early. So that's the reason we don't have a baby Jesus up here. So tomorrow is the day when we celebrate Jesus being born, right? And so here's the thing. When you go home, you can share this with your family, okay? It's in Luke chapter 2. So if you go home, grab a Bible. If you don't have one, there's a Bible that's here in the pew. And you can take one of those. Yeah, Luke, Luke chapter 2. You take one of these Bibles home, be like, hey, y'all, I got a story I want to tell you. Preacher told me I had to come home and tell y'all. And then you can just tell them, say, let me tell you all about this good news. And then you can be just like one of the shepherds. Get that? You can be just like one of the shepherds who was like, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you about the good news. And here's another really cool fun fact. Who's ever seen, who has ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special? You ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Everybody seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special, right? Here's the thing. You remember the part where, where Charlie Brown says, can anybody tell me what, what Christmas really means? And then here comes his buddy, right? He says, lights, please, right? And, he, and then, choom, right? The lights go right on, and he begins to tell the story, and he starts to tell the same story that, that I just read. And he's sharing all of this. And when he gets to the part where it says that, that the angel came, right? And he's holding on to his security blanket, right? He never leaves anywhere. He holds on to a security blanket. He goes everywhere with a security blanket. And, he's, and he says, and the angel of the Lord came, and he says, all the shepherds were scared. And then he said, the angel said, fear not. And if you watch that, he lets go of his blanket. And it hits the floor. And he doesn't pick it back up until he's done reading the word of the Lord or speaking of the word of the Lord. And it's really cool that Charles Schwartz decided to throw something like that into something that long ago that so many people have never even caught on or noticed. That when we speak about the Lord, we can have strength. We don't need anything else except for Jesus. So you can go home and tell people about that little fun fact too, okay? Cool. Now, here's the dealio. 
I'm going to ask for Miss Sean and for Miss Amanda right behind here, and I'm going to step up here and I'm going to keep going. But we've got a little gift for you guys that I'm going to that they're going to hand out to you all. So just kind of hang tight until they get them. I'll just ask you all to step up there and grab those. And um, they are going to pass those out to you guys, and then I'll ask you just quietly go back to your seat like little mouses, and then sit down with your parents, and you're welcome to get out the car, the crayons, go through the pages, and color. There's some candy in there. You can share it with your parents if you want to. So, um, but I just wanted to be able to share that really cool story with you guys. So, church, yeah, good Lord, pray. <clears throat> so, here's the cool part. That story doesn't just have to be for them to go home and share, does it? Y'all can go home and share that same story. You open up the Bible to Luke chapter 2, and you just tell people about Jesus. And you share with them, like, can I just tell you about how Jesus came? But there's more to the story, isn't there? It isn't just that, that Jesus Christ came, turned himself from, from our living God who is, who is unseen to become flesh here. It, he did an amazing, amazing work. One that we just can't even begin to understand. So, so I'm going to ask you, church, to go in your Bibles, and I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be taking a look at uh, starting at verse 18. You see, the, the story of Jesus is, is one that we can, I mean, we can just hold on to uh, and, and share like crazy, but but when we talk about who Jesus is, when we talk about his coming, when we talk about his birth, it's all with purpose, right? And so, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look again at, a, at another part of the story. And this story is for more for you, the adults. So, see, I got the kiddos now taking care of themselves with the crayons and stuff. But here's the cool part. They still listen. They still hear everything that's going on. And the cool part is you probably can go home and ask them, like, hey, well, what else was the preacher talking about? And they'll, they'll tell you. Um, kiddos hear everything. So, Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, they came together. Uh, and when they, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who, who brought Jesus into her. And her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, because you got to admit, like, your fiancé shows up pregnant, you're probably asking questions, right? So, so unwilling to put her to shame, it shows just how good Joseph was. Not too many people in his position finding out that his fiancé is now pregnant, and it's not his, and he knows for a fact that it's not, would not show this type of kindness. They would probably oust them, and as a matter of fact, back in this time frame, he probably would have drug her into the street and probably been the first one to throw a stone at her, to stone her to death. Except that what we read here is that Joseph is a kind man, full of grace and mercy as well, and this is the reason that these two specifically are chosen by the Lord for this task. So, so Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to just simply divorce her quietly. Back in that time frame as well, when you were betrothed, when you became a fiancé 
you technically were married. If you wanted to separate, you had to actually divorce. You couldn't just decide, oh, we're done, I'll give you back the ring. There was a whole process you had to go through. So he decided he was going to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. We could use a few more Josephs in this world. We could use a few more who, who would put God before themselves and trust in his every single move. It's difficult sometimes to trust God, isn't it? Because, because our minds like to tell us, I want to do this thing. Maybe I want to do this thing really bad. But you really feel like there's this voice going, yeah, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing that. We're like, well, I really want to do it. Right? Or I've got this thing that I'm after. I've got this desire. It might be the best choice. Maybe not financially. Maybe it's not the right choice for my family. Maybe it's not the right choice in my marriage. Whatever it is. I've got this thing that's happening. I just want it. Sometimes the Lord says no, and then we, we sort of like, mm, I'm going to put you way over here, we're going to tuck you into a box, I'm going to shut the lid, and I'm going to do what I want anyway, right? And then usually what we find is it bites us in the rear, doesn't it? What, what you find is you go, I should have just listened to what God told me to begin with. But you see, Joseph, when put in that same predicament, Joseph, when, when he was presented with his wife, now with child, Besides, you know what, I'm not going to treat her like everybody else. Which means that he had a really good connection with the Lord to begin with. And then when the Lord appears to him in a dream, and, and, and the angel of the Lord speaks to him, and the angel of the Lord says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid of this child who, by the way, is not yours. This child is of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. As a matter of fact, take her as your wife. Raise this child and call him Jesus. Notice that everything for Joseph has been taken from him. Things that should have been amazing and uh, uh, celebrated were chosen for him, weren't they? And you know what he did? He was obedient. When God said, take Mary as your wife, Boom. He said, okay, I will take Mary as my wife. When God said, said, I want you to raise this child, boom, that is my child. When God said, name him Jesus, boom, didn't even think about it. He was like, you know, I was going to call him Joseph Jr., but not now. His name's Jesus. Why? Because God said, name him Emmanuel, which means, church, God with us. Joseph was presented with a very difficult thing before him. Everybody in the world, anybody who follows the Lord, the path is not just simply 
beautifully paved. It's not just this nice, smooth concrete that we get to walk across or a nice, beautiful field with no pit holes or, or mole holes. You walk across my yard at home, you better watch your stuff. You're going to break an ankle. That's the way it is. When, when you're walking this world as a Christian, you've got to watch out for the pitfalls. You've got to watch out for the dangers. You've got to watch out for the things that are around the corners because they are there to ensnare you and trap you and cause troubles. But if we're like Joseph and we find his strength where he says, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will do the things that you have called me to. I will, I will do the things that you're asking of me. And get this, I'm not going to ask questions why. Because if it had been Greg Knapper, I'd have woken up from the dream and I'd have been like, what? Because I'm not Joseph. I wasn't the one that he chose for that task, right? He knew who he needed to call for that task. And, and so, so for Joseph, like, we get this great representation of an obedient man who is doing what God has called for him to do and, and taking upon himself a task that is like no other. His job was to help raise the Son of God. I raised a daughter who was calling for six months. I screwed that up bad. Can you imagine if God went, hey, I need you to, to raise God. God himself, God in the flesh, the son of man. I need you to raise the man himself. You ready for it? We're all going to be like, no. We are given such a great example of a man whose faith was huge. And unfortunately, we don't get much more about him. We don't get too much more. We know that, that Joseph was around, and, and, and after Jesus was born, an angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, you got to run off to Egypt. So he took, his children, he took his family to Egypt, Mary and Jesus, and, and they remained in Egypt for a time. And then when an angel of the Lord appeared before him again and said, okay, now it's time to leave Egypt and come out of Egypt, which is also prophesied in scripture it said that jesus the son of god will come out of egypt and so we have all these things to help us confirm that jesus is truly the messiah joseph was obedient in every single calling in every single way and we're given so much about jesus about who he was about him coming and and the importance of jesus being here and thus celebrating Christmas the way that we do. Sometimes, though, sometimes we skew Christmas, don't we? Sometimes we put stuff in front of Jesus that doesn't really belong in front of Jesus around Christmas, don't we? Sometimes we put presents in front of Jesus, don't we? Sometimes we put gatherings in front of Jesus. Sometimes we put just... I don't know, fill in your own blank in front of Jesus. And we go, well, we, we got to do this because it's Christmas. Well, you know what you got to do? You got to praise the Savior for he was born. That's what you got to do. You have to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, for to, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace we weren't just given a child to be happy about we were given a king a lord a savior 
we were given someone who, get this, it says will be called Wonderful Counselor. Why? Because he helps you through your best and your worst of times. I know, this week was mine. This week was one of mine. It was one of my worst. And he helped me get through every aspect of that. Every single aspect. He was my counselor this week. He is my mighty God, the one who was lifting me up when I said, I don't know if I can. He lifts me up in every single way. And he gives me strength. And he, and he caused me to be able to speak and to share a message this week that needed to be spoken, even with hard truths. See, Jesus can do all of these things. He is a mighty God who is also mighty enough to take upon himself the cares, all cares of the world. If you have a worry or a concern today, you can lay those at his feet. If you have something that's joyous that's happened, much like Mike is now a great-grandfather, like, that's something, like, lay that at his feet and say, praise you, Lord, for life. Thank you for growing my family. Thank you for extending into another generation. See, see, Jesus is our everything. He is our everlasting Father. And when we believe in him, when we trust in him, when we call upon his name, believing that he is the only way, we can have an everlasting life with him. And he's the Prince of Peace. Because when you find yourself in sometimes in the darkest places, and unfortunately Christmas time for a lot of people is some of the worst and the hardest times of the year. You can find yourself in a place where you can find peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. Do you, like, do you understand what that means? It means that, that you can literally find yourself in the worst of situation and you can say, praise your name. It means that I can lift up the name of Jesus and I can give him praise and glory and honor in whatever situation I face because I know that he alone is good. That he alone is carrying me. That he alone offers me life everlasting. That he alone is my savior. It is he alone by which my sins have been saved and forgiven and, and grace has been offered. It is only through Jesus Christ that those things can happen. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, through Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace, the one that can supply for us in every single way. And there was only one way that he was able to accomplish that. Isaiah 35, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53, I read it backwards. Isaiah 53, verse 5, says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. This little baby that we celebrate, Jesus Christ, who left his place on high, place of He's king, where he is Lord, where he is everything. He, do you get that Jesus created everything? Nothing we have, nothing we have didn't come from Jesus. Everything I've got, I owe to him. Everything that I am, I owe to him. Those that I know, that I love, that have gone before me, I owe to him. Everything, even today, this very moment, I owe to Jesus. 
we celebrate him because he came to be born simply just so that he could die for me and you. The sole purpose. We needed a Savior. And God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. That's the whole reason that we have Jesus. Because we needed a Savior. We celebrate Jesus and we buy gifts. But they should be for him. And you know the greatest gift that we could give him? It's our heart. There's no physical gift we could give Jesus because he's the one that gave us the physical gift, didn't he? We can give him our heart. We can give him our trust. We can give him our love. We can give him our everything, knowing full well that just as, just as the scripture here talks about, that, well, if I can get it to come back up, it, that it says that, that he was crushed for our iniquities, that, that he took upon himself this chastisement that brought us peace. He suffered and died a sinner's death, even though he was sinless and perfect, and he did it so that our wounds could be healed. So if you're suffering this Christmas, if you're going through a hardship this Christmas, if you're facing anything, know that he has done what he has done. He came, born of a virgin, lived this life on earth, walked. He allowed for us to, to hear his word, to receive his word. He then suffered a sinner's death. He died on the cross, and then he defeated death, raising three days later so that he could save you from your sin. And all you have to do is say, I believe in you, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I give you my life, Jesus Christ. As my Savior, I trust in you. I believe in you. Everything about me says I need you. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. And he will bound up our wounds. We will be healed. He will carry us through. So as we close today, now I invite for our worship team to come up. They are going to sing a song. Know that the altar is open. Front pews are open. If you need Jesus today, not that today is any more special than any other day. Christmas and Easter always seems to be the two big Christian holidays for us, right? If you feel a weight or a burden on your heart today, give it to Jesus, will you? Will you just... Will you just trust him? Just trust him. If you feel that the Lord's tugging at your heart and there's something weighing upon you, I ask that you come forward. I ask that you just, just lay it all down at his feet. There's nothing magical about you coming forward, but there's something about getting up in an obedience when the Lord pulls and tugs at your heart and says, come, come, I will give you rest. I will help you. I will love you. I will receive you, I will forgive you, and I will save you. All you have to do is come. So as we, as we spend time in this song today, think about the Lord Jesus. Think about what he has done. Him leaving his place on high, coming down as a babe, giving up his life for us, being hung on a cross to die a sinner's death, ultimately to be raised again to be our true one and only son of God. Think about that. And then let everything else fall away. Let the embarrassment, the wonders, all the things that Satan says you're not worthy about, let it all fall and disappear. 
So, Father, we come before you. Lord, we celebrate Jesus today. We thank you so much for everything that Jesus means to us. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to just simply be here and to speak your word and, and to read from your word. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to the children. Lord, to put that word into their ears, into their mouths, into their hearts, so that they, Lord, I pray that they will go and they will tell someone. That they would say, say, hey, I went to church, Lord, and I learned about these things, and I just I want to share that with a friend. I want to share it with, with my family. I want to share it with my mom. I want to share it with my dad. I want to share it with, a, with one of my brothers or sisters. I pray that you give them the encouragement, Lord, the desire, Lord, to do that. Lord, I pray that you would draw us to you as well. Those of us who, who are weary. Those of us who are dealing with so much. Those of us who have simply the weight of the world crushing down on us, God. I pray that, that you would intercede. And that you would give us the strength and the encouragement to just simply come before you and to lay those things down. And that we would just admit that we can't. That we would just simply admit that we are weak but we know that where we are weak, that you are strong, Lord. So give us the strength today to move, to respond, to give you praise, to give you glory. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, today. Pray this all in his precious name. Amen.